and you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. That was from 1991, Face Puller with Immortalizer. Today on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Robert Bowman, who will be speaking tonight at the Maritime Labor Centre in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. That's 1880 Triumph Street, about 9-11. Here is and are the angelic upstarts.
And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and an Ardwarty Human Serviette radio show. And you just heard Courtesy Darren, who phoned in, who does the Stereoscopic Readout Show, right? Darren on CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. If it's not Stereoscopic Readout Show, maybe you should call it that anyways in honor of just your great suggestions. Darren phoned in because a couple songs earlier I had played a song by the band the River City Tan Lines that said, well, this is what I basically played. We had the painted ship there with, and she said, yeah. And before that, the painted ship from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, 1966, 65, 66, 68, 69, 70, and still rocking today on the MySpace as well. Before that, we played the Royal Chains from a 7-inch with I'm in love with your punches. Actually, it's not I'm in love with your punches, but that would have been a great song name as well. No love in your punches. And before that, we had the River City Tan Lines featuring Alicia Trout, who is a compatriot of Jay Riotard, who was on an Ardwarty Human Serviette radio show a few weeks ago. And that was their version of the painted ship from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And she said, yeah, except it was called and he said, yeah. And before that, we had a couple tracks from the Sweet Rot record label. The Blankets with Divorce. The Anals with Commander of Love. That's the Anals. Before that, the Vivian Girls with Wild Eyes. Not the Stampeders song. And to begin that set, we had the Angelic Upstarts with Solidarity. Hello, caller. Are you there? Hello? Yeah, hi. Uh, I don't get your radio station very clearly. I want to check if your guest was there today. And who might my guest be today? I hope you have Dr. Robert Bowman. Yes, we are waiting for Dr. Robert Bowman to phone into the Nerdwater Human Serviette radio show. He is not phoned in quite yet. Oh, maybe yet. he's confused about that. What phone number should he phone? He should phone the number you called, 604. Okay, I'll phone him and, and, and see. Okay, I'll phone him and see. Oh, if he but phones. before you go, caller, 604 604- 822-2487. That's 604-UBC-CITR. Robert Bowman should phone into that number. Who is Robert Bowman, in case people are wondering out there, caller? Well, I'm live. Robert Bowman is the former director of Star Wars. Um, he's a remarkable man with a list of accomplishments as long as my arm. Um, but I think what really makes him outstanding is the fact that over the 26 last uh, last past years, he's actually done not so much an about face, but he recognizes what's happening in the world, and he's given 7,000 speeches against Star Wars, uh, uh, invasions um, of aggression, uh, the imperial presidency, and as he puts it, everything just about, just what everything that Shrub, a.k.a. Baby Bush, does. Um, He's received the Eisenhower Medal. It just goes on and on. Um, he ran for president in 2000. He's got a Ph.D. in aeronautics and nuclear engineering. He was a former archbishop of the United Catholic Church, spoken at the United Nations, uh, congressional caucuses, um, at the House of Lords. So he's an individual who knows the military-industrial complex very, very well, and he's speaking tonight at the Maritime Labor Center. And he's speaking about, you know, what is happening in the world, especially in relation to uh, how it affects Canada and the potential military and economic and corporate takeover of Canada. But intertied with that will be many other issues. And that's tonight at 1880 Triumph. And that's um, two blocks north 
of Hastings and Victoria at the Maritime Labor Center at 7.30, and it's $10 at the door. And that is Robert Bowman, and he also will be phoning in to the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. So anybody listening that has any questions for Robert Bowman, it's 604-822-2487. But yes, caller... Do you have ways of contacting Robert to ask him I'm to phone I'm going to try. I, I think I have his cell number here, so I'm going to try and contact him right now. Thank you so much, caller, and doot-doot-a-loot-doo. Doot-doot. And you're still, thank you. You're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Speaking of important people, such as Darren, who phoned in with that painted ship tip, there was a great interview that Darren did somewhere in his podcast for Stereoscopic Readout Show on CITR, an interview with Bill Hay from The Painted Ship. So you can get the entire goods on Bill Hay from The Painted Ship from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and a connection to Alicia Trout from the River City Tan Lines, who just did, and she said... Yeah, translated into their talk being, and he said, yeah, back and forth, forward and back. Coming up right now, an interview with Robert Bowman, an associate person related indirectly and importantly to Star Wars on an Arbody Human Soviet radio show. But right now, here's Fluid Waffle from Ottawa on Terry O.
you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. And that was Furnace Face with Let Me Be Caught. Furnace Face from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, the capital of Canada. And now joining us, somebody who's probably quite familiar with capitals, etc., is, well, who do we have on the line right now? Who are you? Hi, this is Dr. Bob Bowman, Lieutenant Colonel, United States Air Force, retired. And Dr. Bowman, what are you doing in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? Well, I'm speaking this evening at the Maritime Labor Center uh, at 7.30 p.m. That's uh, 1880 Triumph Street in Vancouver. What exactly is the topic of your discussion tonight? You've been involved in so many different things over the years. In fact, do people ever get you confused with any other Robert Bowmans out there, Robert Bowman? Uh, Once in a while with my son, who's a noted uh, religious author in the United States. But uh, other than that, no. Uh, Lately, there's been a lot of confusion, though, between Robert Bowman and Michael Phelps, because Michael Phelps, Olympic gold medalist, his coach's name is... You're kidding. Robert Bowman. How about that? So there we have another use of Robert Bowman. Have you ever won a gold medal? What medals have you won, Robert Bowman? Oh, yeah, I've, I've won some, some gold medals. Uh, um, I don't think playing sports, though. I did a lot of playing sports in... Uh, uh, college, but uh, not a lot since. You've been traveling the country, speaking to a number of different issues. What will you be speaking to tonight at the Maritime Labor Center in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Robert Bowman? Well, the subject is, can Canada escape domination by American corporations and the inaugural address of a radical president? In what ways have you done this presentation before, and how will it differ now that you're doing it in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, versus in other parts of the world? Where else have you done this presentation? Well, this particular presentation, I've done a a similar one, uh, although this one's special for tonight. I've done a similar one uh, several weeks ago in uh, Toronto. When you travel to different places, Robert Bowman, how do you get there? You've been traveling the country in different ways. Don't you travel in your motor motor home? Yes, we have a a motor home, and uh, we're traveling around the country in that 17,000 miles, uh, four and a half months, 120 cities. And we have a caller right now. Hello, caller. Are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you for hooking me up with Robert Bowman, caller. (laughs) Uh, um, Dr. Bowman, you're concerned, as as, as I am, about uh, the uh, globalization and the Americanization uh, and corporatization of Canada. And I'd like you to perhaps tie this in with the uh, up-and-coming North American Union, which has been done in secret and which they, to this day, claim doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you could comment on that. Sure. The uh, North American Union is uh, the uh, next step in the security and prosperity partnership, uh, which uh, was signed by Canada, the United States, and Mexico, and was not submitted to our various 
legislators and congresses, uh, nor to the people for their approval. As you say, it was done rather in secret, and the idea is to uh, adjust all the laws and regulations of the three countries uh, so that uh, there can be uh, commerce between them to maximize the profits of the multinational corporations. In, in effect, it, it's an extension of NAFTA to the extent of uh, a common currency called the Amero and uh, elimination of our borders, our uh, sovereignties, uh, eventually will mean the, the loss of our unique cultures and uh, our standard of living and our rights uh, guaranteed in the United States by our Constitution and Bill of Rights and guaranteed in uh, Canada by your Constitution and Bill of Rights, uh, rights which have been recognized long before you had a Constitution and Bill of Rights by that name. Uh, these will all be lost if we uh, allow our governments to give up their sovereignty to this uh, uh, corporate uh, fascist uh, entity uh, because its effect will be to uh, drive wages down to the lowest common denominator. Uh, we in, in the United States and Canada will uh, before very long to be making the wages of what the Mexicans are making now. The North American Union involves construction of a NAFTA superhighway, which will cut the United States and Canada in half, put all of our longshoremen and truckers out of work, and of course by having goods flow in from China in containers into Mexican ports and offloaded by Mexican uh, workers onto Mexican trucks and driven by Mexican drivers all across the U.S. and Canada without stopping at borders. It will maximize the profits of uh, the manufacturing corporations and uh, the distributors like Walmart. Any other questions at all, caller? Uh, yeah, Dr. Mulvern, what essentially would be the function of uh, Parliament or Congress under the North American Union, or and what or what is the the system of governance? It is my understanding that it will be an unelected uh, uh, tribunal that becomes the governance of, of the North American Union. It, uh, can you elaborate on that? Well, that that seems to be a good guess because that's the way the World Trade Organization functions, and. Uh, you in, here in Canada and we in the United States have already given up a good deal of our sovereignty to the World Trade Organization because we have enabled it to overrule uh, the laws of our federal governments, our states and provinces, and, and even uh, our local regulations and, and city ordinances. Well, thank you very much for calling in, caller. If anybody else has any questions, 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CATR, and caller hung up right there. But if you want to phone back at all, 
and talk to Dr. Robert Bowman. It's 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR. So back actually when the caller actually phoned in before you were actually on air anticipating your arrival, Dr. Bowman, the caller talked about how you were head of the Star Wars Defense Initiative. What can you elaborate about that? I directed all the Star Wars programs under Presidents Ford and Carter when their existence was secret. When uh, uh, Ronald Reagan was elected, uh, in with him came all the crazies, the people that we in the military used to call the lunatic fringe, and sold him on enormous changes to our uh, foreign and military policies, including making the Star Wars program into a crash program to deploy offensive weapons disguised as defense, and also to change the overall military policy of the United States from one of war prevention to war fighting. He ordered the Pentagon to prepare to fight and win a protracted nuclear war. And it was recognized in the plans of these crazies that uh, uh, in order to win such a war, you had to strike first. In other words, we would have to be the aggressor. Now, you may recognize some of these... uh, Uh, the names of some of these folks from back then in the 1980s, uh, people like Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld, Richard Pearl, Paul Wolfowitz, they're the same neocons that are running the government for George W. Bush, and they have sold him similar ideas, including uh, the domination of space and uh, the... uh, concept of aggressive war, uh, which they call preemptive war, such as those we have uh, fought against Afghanistan and Iraq, and involved our, our friends from Canada in, and the war against Iran, which uh, uh, they will get us into unless we succeed in stopping them. And we're re- working very hard at doing that. That's the first uh, high-priority, immediate goal of my organization, The Patriots. And you can see all about that on our website, thepatriots.us. Robert Bowman, some people have said that some of these crazies shifted the focus of the Star Wars program to protecting us from aliens. Was the Star Wars program protecting us from aliens? That's why they made it, because they were afraid of a UFO invasion, so they created the Star Wars program. No, that had absolutely nothing to do with it. The Star Wars program was made, uh, was designed to give us absolute military superiority so that uh, uh, under our nuclear umbrella and with that uh, we could uh, have a global empire such as they're uh, attempting to create now uh, by incorporating the Middle East and dominating it. Uh, no, the story about aliens was a cover story that was uh, floated uh, as another attempt to justify the expenditure of these enormous amounts of hundreds of billions of dollars. Uh, when I was when Ronald Reagan's Joint Chiefs of Staff called me in to the Pentagon and uh, asked me to warn the Congress and the American people about this military lunacy, uh, which is their words. Uh, 
they, they said, Bob, you retired in time. They don't have a hold on you. There's a gag order on us, and even if we retired today, uh, we'd still have that gag order, anybody who retired under Reagan. But I retired before Reagan was elected, and so they didn't have a legal hold on me. And so they pleaded with me to speak out and warn Congress and warn the American people, and I did. I gave over 5,000 speeches against Reagan's Star Wars scheme uh, during his term, and, and we were successful in keeping weapons out of space and in preventing uh, World War III, a nuclear war with the Soviet Union. Well, thank you for doing that. That's really an important responsibility. Were you one of the only ones not under the gag order? Did anybody else come out from this experience? Well, you see, uh, there were other folks who retired, of course, before Reagan was elected. But uh, since I had directed the Star Wars programs, I was the only one who had retired at that point that knew everything that was going on, knew the problems, knew the vulnerabilities, uh, knew the offensive uses. Uh, so, I mean, there wasn't anybody for me to pass the buck to. I mean... I did it or it didn't get done was the bottom line, and, and, and so uh, indeed I uh, uh, stepped up to the plate. I didn't see that I had much choice. Now, getting to be the head of Star Wars, Robert Bowman, how did you get there? What is your wartime experience? Because you flew in Vietnam like over 101 missions? Yeah, I flew 101 missions in Vietnam in the F-4 Phantom Jet as a fighter pilot, uh, but my main qualifications for getting the job as uh, head of uh, Star Wars was my Ph.D. from Caltech in aeronautics and nuclear engineering. I was a, a rocket scientist uh, with uh, a good deal of, of education and uh, experience and know-how in, uh, in the fields that were necessary. And so uh, I got that job, which called for a much higher rank. Robert Bowman speaking tonight at the Maritime Labor Center in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada at 1880 Triumph in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I'm speaking here to Robert Bowman. If anybody has any questions for Robert Bowman, it's 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR. And we actually have an email question for you here, Robert Bowman. Okay. And it's actually addressing a bit about 9-11. Before I ask the question, I'd like to ask you, what is your involvement with with 9-11. You were trying to get Bush and Cheney court-martialed. But not for 9-11. I was trying to get them court-martialed, and I still am, trying to get them court-martialed for exploiting the 9-11 tragedy uh, to deceive uh, the Congress and the American people into unnecessary and illegal wars of aggression. Uh, I think they also ought to be indicted for the cover-up of 9-11, the, the, uh, uh, all the world's people, not just us Americans, but the whole, whole world has been lied to uh, about 9-11. The uh, official conspiracy theory told us by the Bush administration and the official 9-11 commission report is clearly impossible. Uh, it, it's a pack of lies from one end to the other. Now, that doesn't mean that I know how it happened or who done it because I don't I think we need a new investigation for that and that's what I am calling for haven't you alluded to some sort of mole higher up in the government to perhaps tipped people off on this Robert Bowman 
Well, certainly, you know, if there were any hijackers on board those planes at all that day, and, and there's been no proof of that, uh, certainly they couldn't have pulled this thing off by themselves. They had to have people uh, on the inside in order to paralyze our air defense system. I mean, hijacked airliners do not fly around for an hour and 40 minutes without being intercepted unless our air defense system was deliberately sabotaged. So sure, that would have taken somebody on the inside. Who that was, I don't know. In your own experience flying military aircraft, did you ever intercept anybody in your training? Yes, yes I did. I'm an old interceptor pilot, and I know the drill. I know how long it takes. Uh, I have looked at the timelines very carefully and calculated uh, everything. And if our interceptor pilots had been notified in a reasonable amount of time, they would have intercepted whatever hit the World Trade Center towers and the Pentagon long before they got there and the Twin Towers would still be standing and thousands of dead Americans would still be alive, and, and a, a considerable number of Canadians as well. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Go ahead to Robert Bowman. Yes, I'd like to ask the doctor um, if he was uh, familiar with the HARP programs, and uh, I believe the acronym has a double R, and uh, if he could tell us anything about the testing up in Alaska. Yes, the HARP program, and it has... Uh, uh, a double A, by the way, H-A-A-R-P. Uh, the HARP program is a scheme that was concocted uh, about 20 years ago, and I have been fighting it ever since. It was a scheme developed by an ARCO uh, oil company scientist to, uh, a as a way to use the enormous amount of natural gas that uh, is a natural byproduct of drilling for oil on the, in the no north slope of Alaska. And it simply wasn't financially feasible to ship this uh, natural gas down to the lower 48 states. So he, he came up with a scheme for using it up there in Alaska, uh, powering enormous uh, transmitters which would uh, shoot... Uh, enormous amounts of, of microwave energy into the upper atmosphere, distorting the, the stratosphere and uh, having the potential capability to uh, modify weather around the world, disrupt communications, possibly uh, uh, disable or throw off target uh, uh, re-entering nuclear weapons and so forth. Uh, it, it, it's a harebrained scheme. I have been up there to the facility in Alaska, and uh, uh, last time I was up there, there, they weren't anywhere near the power required to do this kind of stuff. But uh, more important than that, they don't really know how to control it. Uh, they're attempting to uh, put enormous amounts of energy into an area that we've never played around with before. There could be unforeseen byproducts and, and, uh, of this that would be catastrophic. Uh, 
they certainly don't have the capability to control that energy and uh, use it on specific places in the world. Any other questions at all, caller, for Robert uh, Bowman? Yes, I have one more. Um, uh, most economists uh, believe that uh, there's a post-American economic world uh, uh, coming up uh, from um, uh, the combination of the uh, uh, Russians' fall, uh, economic fall, and then the third world developing countries such as Brazil and India um, that aren't really playing the Russian. They're not in the, most countries were the middle of the road, and it seems that some of them have held out and aren't going towards capitalism. And uh, there's a, a third way, it seems, uh, that's happening, that America is not going to have the power in the future. Um, and I'm not quite sure how to pose this question. Um, I'm sorry. I, yeah, and, and don't forget about China. China, Brazil, India. I hear that America's role is going to be a, a much smaller role in the in the corporate uh, with the corporations moving uh, globally now. Um, well, of course, and uh, this this is something that we in the United States have done to ourselves. Uh, our government, wholly owned by these giant corporations. Uh, has done this on purpose. They're bankrupting the United States of America, uh, and they don't really care because uh, the uh, taxpayers are bailing out the banks, uh, and, and we have no say-so in it. We're not bailing out the homeowners, but we're bailing out the banks. Uh, they're uh, destroying the economy of the United States at the same time that they are building up enormous profits for these multinational corporations that have no loyalty to any nation. And they're attacking Canada as well. Well, thank you very much for calling in, caller, and doot-doot-a-loot-doo. And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. And we're speaking here to Dr. Robert Bowman, who will be speaking tonight at the Maritime Labor Centre in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, at 1880 Triumph Street. And if you have any questions for Robert, it's 604-822-2487. That's 604-UBC-CITR. And we do have a question here, an email question from kellysrecords at fg.com. And it says, Dr. Bowman, I would like to know what you think about the cell phone calls from planes because now you can do cell phone calls on planes people said in 2001 it wasn't possible so that those calls between husband and wives during the 9-11 events were planted well i tend to believe that uh, those cell phone calls were planted were recorded after the fact, were uh, put together uh, from bits of voice uh, simulation and whatnot. Uh, but we, we really don't know. There's mixed evidence about whether or not cell phones could work at that time at high altitude. Most people believe that they could not. There are some that say, well, yeah, they could. And certainly they do now, uh, not all the time. But, uh, by the way, do you have any listeners in Victoria? 
We could. I am not sure. I guess if they phone in, we'll find out. But go ahead. You, are you speaking in Victoria as I'm well? I'm speaking in Victoria tomorrow at 2 p.m. at the St. Anne's Academy, 835 Humboldt Street. In Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Again, we're speaking here to Robert Bowman, who's speaking tonight in Vancouver at the Maritime Labour Centre. 604-822-247, 604-UBC-CITR. Robert, what sort of personal attraction and connection do you have to Bush or Cheney? Do you know them? Do you know Reagan? So when you say these things, is it a personal attack that they're feeling? Do they go, hey, Bob, why are you doing this? Come on, lay off. Or what is your relations to no. them on a personal level? I have no personal relation with them. Uh, I have met uh, some of the players, Richard Pearl and so forth. I've debated uh, them on occasion. Uh, But uh, no, I have no personal relationship uh, with those folks at that level. And I must say, I I don't care to. What about yourself and your interactions with the Pentagon? What was the Pentagon like when you visited it? And could have the events that happened on 9-11 happened at the Pentagon? No. uh, At the time that I was involved, uh, such a thing could not have happened. Uh, One of the things that helped make this possible was that there was a new order that came down uh, just two months before 9-11 that said that any request for intercept of, you know, hijacked or uh, other aircraft had to have the personal approval of the Secretary of Defense, who was Donald Rumsfeld. And so... In order to stand down our defenses, all Rumsfeld had to do was be in the men's room or someplace for an hour, and people couldn't find him. As a matter of fact, I've heard that that's what was going on in the Pentagon. Now, immediately after 9-11, that weird order was revoked, and it went back to the usual way it works, which is any time an aircraft goes off course significantly or loses voice communication or loses its transponder signal, it is intercepted automatically. The uh, air traffic control uh, contacts NORAD. They pass the message out to the appropriate interceptor squadrons, and the aircraft is uh, intercepted. And all that happens within, you know, 15 to 20 minutes at the most. Uh, Of course, that did not happen on 9-11. Now, whether it was just that weird order or whether there was more to it, we know that there was more to it than that because there were uh, dozens of fake radar blips on the uh, controller's radars at air traffic control and at NORAD. Uh, They were confused by all of these exercises that were going on that morning, uh, run by Dick Cheney from the bunker under the White House, Uh, exercises, some of which simulated exactly what was happening in real life. 
uh, multiple hijacked airliners being flown into high-value targets on the ground. Have you been to the bunker under the White House at all, Robert Bowman? No, I have not. Have you been into the actual White House? Yeah, I've been into the White House. More importantly, I've been into Cheyenne Mountain to NORAD uh, there and, and seen their capabilities and what they can do. And to say that, uh, well, uh, you know, we didn't see those things, we were looking out, we weren't looking in, is ridiculous because NORAD can trace, track everything in the country. How about for Star Wars itself? Will it be successful? Has it been successful? Star Wars uh, was successful in making uh, hundreds of billions of dollars for various weapons manufacturers. It was, uh, uh, it could be successful as uh, an offensive weapon. You see, when Reagan ordered the Pentagon to build Star Wars weapons in 1982, the year before he pretended to invent it. Uh, and our policy up to that time had been to do the research, to develop bits and pieces, but not to try and, and actually develop and deploy weapons because that was prohibited by the ABM Treaty. And our national policy was to keep weapons out of space. But Reagan uh, overruled all that in 1982 and ordered the Pentagon to deploy Star Wars, and he assigned them two missions. Number one, destroy opposing satellites and seize military control of space. Number two, destroy targets on the surface of the Earth from space without warning. There wasn't a word in that document about shooting down ballistic missiles and warheads. That was a smokescreen for public consumption. With the development of Star Wars, does any of it go back to William Reich and his Orgone gun? Uh, no, the, the, uh, the Star Wars program, uh, as it's been done in the Department of Defense, uh, goes back to the early 1960s to a program called Bambi for Ballistic Missile Boost Intercept. You know, notice how... We always give our weapons such cute-sounding names like Bambi. The Russians developed a similar system many years later, and we called it the Killer Satellite. <laughs> Robert Bowman speaking tonight at the Maritime Labor Center, 1880 Triumph Street in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR. If you have any questions for Robert Bowman, you also ran for the presidency of the United States of America. In 2000, that's correct. Thinking about politics and where people get their information and media that you may have encountered, for instance, you've been on the Larry King Show. Yes. You've been on the McNeil Lehrer Report. Right. And, of course, now you've been on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show. <laughs> right. A aside from those esteemed organizations, is Stephen Colbert and John Stewart, are they the only guys in media you can trust when it comes to U.S. politics, Stephen Colbert and John Stewart? I... More or less, yes. Uh, uh, I, I somewhat trust uh, Lou Dobbs. Uh, there are things on which he really lays out the truth, uh, like the North American Union, where nobody else in the mainstream media will touch it. But uh, uh, day after day, day in and day out, 
I'd say that uh, John Stewart is probably the most accurate news broadcaster in America. And that's coming from Robert Bowman, Ph.D., former director of Star Wars. Indeed? Oh, indeed. Indeed. And Robert Bowman, winding up here, I also was curious about your platform for running for president. What exactly were you advocating? Would you ever advocate a maximum wage? Some punk rockers, such as Jello Biafra from the band The Dead Kennedys, have advocated a maximum wage that people could earn. No, uh, I haven't advocated that, but what I do advocate is, is related to that. I, of course, advocate a living wage for workers, uh, and I advocate uh, a single-payer national health program, which uh, will make it a lot easier for people to get by, uh, and it will also relieve our corporations that have to be responsible for health care, uh, competing with uh, European countries that don't uh, companies that don't have that problem but what I what I do advocate and still advocate is uh, a law uh, limiting the corporate income tax deduction for executive compensation to 20 times the salary of their lowest paid worker you see you know, our countries, Canada and the U.S., we're free countries. Corporations can pay their executives whatever they want, but we don't have to give them a tax deduction for it. And if uh, shareholders discovered that those enormous compensation packages were coming out of their dividend checks instead of coming out of the taxpayer's hide the way they do now, uh, the shareholders might say, hold on a minute, uh, I think we better limit your compensation to 20 times the salary of your lowest paid worker so that your compensation package comes, uh, you know, is tax deductible to the corporation and doesn't come out of our hide. And then, of course, the CEOs would very quickly figure out that every time they gave their workers another dollar an hour, they could give themselves another 20. And I think you'd see worker pay go up. So that's sort of the approach I'm taking rather than legislating a maximum wage. Dr. Bowman, can Canada avoid an American corporate takeover? That's you're talking a bit about tonight here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Or has it already happened? Well, it has happened partially already. But, yes, Canada can es escape a corporate takeover by uh, the, uh, America's uh, multinational corporations. But in order for that to happen, I think we in the United States have to get control and disempower the corporations, separate big money from political power. We need to change the electoral system so that corporations can no longer buy up elections and buy up politicians. We need to change the media system so that uh, all of our media is not controlled and owned by a handful of multinational corporations. It's time once again to have family-owned newspapers and radio and television stations. Now, I noticed that the the thing about giant corporations swallowing up media is even happening here in Canada. Uh, but you still have considerably more 
freedom of the press than we have in the United States, but you are gradually losing it. And so we in the United States do have a, uh, an obligation to take back our country. And if we can do that, then uh, we can uh, no longer uh, be such a danger to Canada and the Canadian people can take back theirs as well. Robert Bowman, when you were fighting in Vietnam, doing all these missions on fighters, etc., 101 missions, that's incredible. How does one survive 101 missions in Vietnam? Uh, I guess a combination of skill and luck. Uh, uh, I, w- I came very close to being shot down a few times and uh, uh, not returning to my wife and seven children. And... Uh, it was a scary time, particularly for my wife. And uh, Did you have any interactions at all with John McCain? Was he in the Air Force at the same time you were? Well, uh, he was, but uh, unfortunately, when I was flying my combat missions in Vietnam, he had already been shot down and was spending his time in a prison in North Vietnam, which I'm sure was not much fun. Uh, my estimate, by the way, and I have met John McCain personally. Uh, I had considerable respect for him at one point, but that has gone away. Uh, I think that uh, he has damaged goods. I I think that he is psychologically imbalanced. I think he has a horrible temper, and personally, I don't want him anywhere near the button. Caller, are you there? Uh, Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm calling back. But uh, uh, Dr. Bowman just touched on something that I thought I I would like to uh, elaborate on. Uh, Dr. Bowman, I know there are a number of executive orders in the United States that would enable martial law. Now, if that were um, implemented, how do you see that unfolding, and what would be the chances of taking the country back? Well, martial law is uh, uh, something that has been empowered by our lily-livered Congress, which has given up its uh, uh, constitutional responsibilities and just handed everything to the imperial presidency. And it has been empowered by presidential directives like 20 and 51. Uh, But if George W. Bush actually tries to declare martial law, I think he will fail. Uh, Who is he going to get to round up the dissidents among the American people, and there are millions of us, and put us in all those concentration camps in in the United States built by Halliburton. Uh, I don't think he's going to get the military to do it. They're my comrades in arms. As a matter of fact, my guess is that if he tries to declare martial law and he tells them to round us up, that the military are going to surround us point their guns outward, and protect us from Blackwater. Thank you very much, caller, and doot-doot-a-loot-doo. Doot-doot. And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and we're speaking to Dr. Robert Bowman, who will be 
tonight at the Maritime Labour Centre, 1880 Triumph Street in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, 604-822-2487, UBC, CITR, if you have any questions for Dr. Robert Bowman. And Dr. Bowman, speaking of corporations and such, and Vietnam, were you aware of the Monsanto Corporation and Monsanto who made Agent Orange? There's a documentary about that corporation out there right now. Oh, yes, and and Monsanto is also the home of the Terminator seeds, seeds which uh, do not reproduce themselves, so that once farmers start using them, they have to go back to Monsanto every year uh, to buy their seeds. Uh, These uh, genetically modified seeds uh, are, uh, you know, sold as, a, a great thing. It's going to increase crops and all that. But the minute the farmers use them, they get hooked on them, and they don't have any seeds because these seeds don't reproduce from the crops. So, uh, and by the way, after we occupied Iraq, you remember Paul Bremer was our first honcho over there. Uh, he ordered the all the farmers of Iraq to use Monsanto Terminator seeds. It was no longer legal for Iraqi farmers to uh, use their own seeds. What other corporations would you single out at all, Robert Bowman? For instance, Nestle, who have that baby formula that they give to babies in the third world. Yes, and of course, once the mother quits breastfeeding, then her milk dries up and she can't go back to it, and they're hooked on Nestle. Uh, you have the Bechtel Corporation uh, deeply involved in telecommunications, underground construction, and implanting of biochips in people. Uh, you have Halliburton, of course, and everybody knows all the horrors of ha- how they have made hundreds of billions of dollars on the Iraq war. Uh, so th- there are a lot of corporations out there, and they, they go to uh, corporations like Folgers and Chiquita Banana. Uh, the United States has fought wars in Central America for those corporations uh, on and off for decades. And this is the main thing that I want to change. I want a government, and my organization, the Patriots, wants a government that follows the Constitution, honors the truth, and serves the people. That means, for example, that we bring home our military from all around the world, that uh, except for small marine detachments guarding our embassies, all our troops from overseas come home, and all foreign military bases are given back to the host countries, that we adopt a military policy where the mission of the military is to defend our borders and our people, period, not the financial interests of Bechtel and Folgers and Chiquita Banana and Exxon and Halliburton. With that one change in military mission, eliminating the mission of protecting the global financial interests of multinational corporations, we will 
no longer be hated around the world. We will no longer be feared around the world. We, we won't be doing hateful things to people around the world. So we will no longer be the target of terrorists around the world. With that one change in policy, we will improve our national security and simultaneously be able to reduce the defense budget by 80 percent. Dr. Bowman, lastly here, I was curious, have you been to Guantanamo Bay? No, I have not been to Guantanamo Bay, and uh, under the present circumstances, I do not want to go. <laughs> How about for other stuff that's possibly been questioned to you? And people will have a chance to ask you questions also tonight at the Maritime Labor Centre, won't oh, they? Oh, absolutely. We'll have about an hour of question and answers uh, following my address. And by the way, my address does not just lay out a laundry list of problems. I provide solutions, and it's really, really a very hopeful message. Uh, the inaugural address, address of a new radical president who takes back the country for the people. Dr. Bowman, did we land on the moon? I believe we did, yes. What about the evidence that we didn't land on the moon, such as where are the stars in the photos, such as where's the dust under the lunar ladder? Wouldn't the astronauts be turned to crispy space bacon if they actually were in space? No, I, I think all those, uh, there are answers to all of those things. Uh, you have to understand that we see stars uh, at night. We don't see them in the daytime. Uh, on the moon, the pictures that you normally see, the ground is lit, and behind it you see the blackness of space. And space is, the sky is black in the daytime on the moon because there's no atmosphere to bend the light rays coming from the sun so that it's only when you look directly at the sun that you see something, uh, some light. And uh, there, there are a lot of strange things going on, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I certainly believe that we went to the moon and I have talked to uh, uh, astronauts. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I, there are a lot of lies that we have been told by our government, but I don't think that's one of them. How about the actual Twin Towers? Some people have postulated that they actually didn't fall down and that they're an illusion protected by mirrors. They fell down, but they did not fall down because of being hit by aircraft and a couple of kerosene fires. They came down because of explosives and thermate cutter charges severing the steel beams. Well, thank you so much for calling into the Nardwarda Human Serviette radio show here, Dr. Bowman. Tonight, you're going to be at the Maritime Labor Centre, 1880 Triumph Street in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And tomorrow night, you're also in Victoria. Tomorrow afternoon at 2 p.m., St. Anne's Academy, 835 Humboldt Street. And don't forget, people can get more info on our website, ThePatriots.us. 
And Robert Bowman, why should people care about Robert Bowman or the Patriots.us? Well, because they care about their country. Uh, yeah, I'm not a Canadian, and yet I love Canada. I am very grateful to Canada for providing hospitality to our young soldiers who conscientiously cannot fight in wars of aggression. And uh, I'm, I've always been very grateful that uh, Canada provided that kind of hospitality. I was very sad to see that your current government has begun uh, the nose under the tent, the process of uh, sending them back to be uh, incarcerated. I think that's a shame. But I love Canada, and I'm sure the Canadian people do, and we simply do not want the uh, a fascist-type government, which is sweeping over the United States, to take over your country, too. So that's tonight at the Maritime Labor Centre in Vancouver. Robert Bowman will be speaking, 1880 Triumph Street. And we're going to end the Nardwarty Human Serviette radio show with the punk rock band Agent Orange from California. And Robert Bowman, keep on rocking in the free world and doot-doot-a-loot-doo. Doot-doot. Your step and do your best to make the most of every chance.
It's on your mind.